Tomorrow is the third Sunday in Easter, and this is the time of the year when we're thinking about new life and about resurrection. But the reality is that for a lot of people, their day-to-day -day life has nothing to do with resurrection, as it is the case of Halifax mother Leah Parsons, whose 16-year-old daughter Retea killed herself after being cyber-bullied and humiliated at school following her rape by four of her schoolmates. Retea was allegedly raped by these four young men, and the following week, a photo that they had taken of her during the assault was circulated through the school. Of course, an investigation followed, but the harassment and gossip was so bad that Retea had to leave the school. She was even admitted into a hospital for six weeks to help her with her depression. The investigation continued for a year, and Retea seemed to be improving. She went to a new school and was making new friends. But at the end of the investigation, the conclusion was that no charges could be laid. Even though they had the phone that took the photo, and from where the photo was sent, a phone that belongs to one of the boys, and even though one of the young men was in the photo with her, but the police do not have enough evidence to prove that it had not been consensual, nor that the young men knew that she was only 15 at the time of the crime, which means that taking and disseminating that photo of her amounts to a crime of creating and disseminating child pornography. They also could not prove who had taken the photo or actually sent it. Halifax police say that there was insufficient evidence to proceed with charges. After this news, a week ago Thursday, Rotea hung herself in her bathroom. Her family took her off life support last Sunday. This makes me so sad and so angry. And what's worse is that we accept that it's okay for a 16-year-old to have sex. That's the law. And had it been consensual, it's okay for a young girl to have sex with four boys at the same time? And it's okay for them to circulate a nude photo of her? This doesn't even result in them being expelled from school? If our society didn't so easily accept that this is normal behavior for teens, maybe the law wouldn't either. And where are these boys' parents? I don't care whose phone it was, or who took the photo, or who sent it. I don't care if it was consensual, or if it was an assault. It was a crime, and a life was ruined, and now a life has been lost. So this is for you, Retea. May you be in the light of the kingdom where there is no more suffering or pain. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Happy third Sunday in Easter. Right off the bat, I want to thank all of you who are listening online on Salt and Light Radio. We want to hear from you. Are you liking the music on Salt and Light Radio? Visit us on Facebook. Look for Salt Plus Light Radio. Don't confuse us with Salt and Light Radio out of Boise, Idaho. We are Salt Plus Light Radio. Christian music like never before. Let us know if you like what you hear. And this week, we're back with an excellent show. Andrew Santos will tell us about our Saint of the Week, and Sheridan finds out what's happening in Ottawa. And in about five minutes, Krista Matrenko will be here with us with our news. Also, Father Thomas Rosica will be sharing with us a reflection for the third Sunday in Easter 
on the road to Emmaus. And I'm sure you've all heard of TED Talks. And maybe you've heard about TEDx, which are independently organized TED events that take place all over the world. There's probably been one in your city or somewhere near you. Well, on April 19th, there's going to be one in the Vatican, sponsored by the Pontifical Council for Culture. The topic of the event is religious freedom, so we'll be speaking with the event's curator in our second half hour. And our featured artist this week is another spiritandsong.com artist, Ben Walther. His debut album, Make Your Home and Me, will be released in May, and so we'll be chatting with him in our second half hour. But right now, we begin with a song from that album, Love Like Water.
That was Ben Walter with Love Like Water from his new album, Make Your Home in Me, published by spiritandsong.com. We're going to be speaking with Ben in part two of our program, but now Chris is here with our news. Well, the big news, Pedro, was that Pope Francis took possession of his cathedral. Right. Now, we, when we think of the Pope's cathedral, we often think of maybe St. Peter's Basilica, yeah, but no. It's St. John Lateran, which mm -hmm. was one of the four major archbasilicas of Rome. And that's where the cathedra or chair of the mm -hmm. Bishop of Rome is. When he was there, he sat on a marble chair in the apse and received representatives of his diocese, including clergy and lay people. And this is actually where popes used to live. Oh, really? Before they started living in the Vatican. In his homily, Pope Francis said that God always waits for us even when we have left him behind, he's never far from us. And if we return to him, he is ready to embrace us. Mm. So it's a message that we've heard from him several it's times. It's a great message, yeah. Really reaching out to people who maybe have strayed from the church, particularly during this Easter season when a lot of people who haven't been going to church will come back. Mm -hmm. Now, it's one of many masses that he's going to be celebrating throughout this Easter season. In fact, he'll be doing public masses every single Sunday. Now it starts tomorrow at the Saint at the Basilica of St. Paul outside the walls. That's one wow. of the other four major arch basilicas. And Salt tonight we'll be airing that live at eleven thirty AM Eastern. So you can go to our website. We have live streaming and you can watch that Mass. Then the next week you'll be celebrating priestly ordinations. The week after that, confirmations. Hmm. Then on May fifth He's having a mass for confraternities. These are groups that promote processions yeah, and other acts yeah, yeah. of popular piety. And then on the 12th, his first canonizations. Oh, He's making really? some Already? Mm hmm Good. Now, among them are Blessed Antonio Primaldo and his companions. These were Italians who were killed by Ottoman soldiers way back in 1480. So they had to wait a while, but they're mm -hmm. finally being canonized. Also, Blessed Mother Laura Montoya, uh -huh. she's Colombian, Laura, yeah. and she's the founder of an order called the Missionary Sisters of Immaculate Mary and of St. Catherine of Siena. Mm -hmm. And then also a woman known as Mother Maria Guadalupe, formerly known as Mother Lupita Garcia Zavala, and she's from Mexico, and she's the founder of a congregation there. And then finally, ending the Easter season, the Pope will be celebrating Pentecost Mass with participants of different ecclesial movements. Hmm. Also, this past week, Pedro, the Pope did have a number of meetings, and one, of th perhaps the most interesting one of them was meeting the head of the United Nations. Right. The church yes. has a long history of being represented in the United Nations and engaging with that world body, and he met with Secretary General Ban Ki-moon in the Papal Library. They had a private meeting for about 20 minutes, and the Vatican says that they spoke about many conflicts, and humanitarian emergencies. They include Syria, uh, the tensions in Korea, also uh, the conflicts in several African countries. In terms of appointments, Pedro, last week we spoke about how the Pope will need to reappoint the heads of the different Vatican departments because when Pope Benedict resigned, it basically meant that all the heads of these Vatican departments were effectively unemployed. Yeah. But as is customary, Pope Francis brought them all back temporarily. So what's going to happen with them? Well, we expect that most of them are going to be replaced 
but one of them might be staying. Uh, the Catholic blogger Rocco Palmo of Whispers in the Loggia, yeah. he noticed that among all the different people who are working in the Vatican, one has met him three times, met with the Pope three times, and that mm. is the Canadian Cardinal Mark Ouellette. He used to be the Archbishop of Quebec City before being appointed by Pope Benedict as the Prefect of the Congregation for Bishops. Now, this is the department in charge of appointing bishops with the Pope's approval, of course. So now that we're seeing that Pope Francis is meeting with him very regularly mm. and perhaps he's becoming a close advisor, perhaps he'll end up staying in that position long term. So we'll wait and see. Yeah, that's good. We will wait and see. Thank you very much, Chris Dimitrenko, our news producer. Remember, if you'd like to comment on anything that you hear on this program, you can uh, send us comments via Facebook or also through our email address, radio at saltandlighttv.org. Coming up is Saint of the Week, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Julian Cantor, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You're listening to the Salt and Light Hour, heard online on Salt and Light Radio at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Also on the Catholic Channel, Sirius XM 129, and on the Spirit Catholic Radio Network in Nebraska and parts of Iowa and South Dakota. And now, it's time for... Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. Another week, another saint. Another week, How are another you, Deacon? saint. Thank you, good. So who do we have today? I feel like I'm going to be preaching to the choir with this saint because you, of all people, Deacon, know the saint in and out, but her feast day is this week and there was oh, no way that I could pass St. Kateri uh, Tekakwitha. You literally... She's sp- good. We all we all like her. We yes, like her in North You spent America. all of 2012 living much, and loving summer, her life. Yes, exactly. Yes, she's great. So tell us about her. Okay, for, so for those, for our listeners who've, who've, who have escaped... Learning There's about no way Saint Catherine could have escaped Saint Catherine. Catherine was born near the town of Orisville, New York. You were uh-huh. in Orisville. Yeah, I was there. Uh, in the year 1656, she's the daughter of a Mohawk warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was four when her mother died of smallpox. Yep. Um, the disease also attacked Catherine, and it actually transfigured her face. Mm-hmm. Um, she was known to have that. She was adopted by her two aunts and an uncle. Um, Catherine became converted to Christianity as a teenager. In the spring of 1675, when she was 18, Cattery met the Jesuit father, Jacques de Lamberville, mm-hmm. and started studying the catechism with him. Now, um, Lamberville, who judged her being ready for, uh, for conversion to Christianity, he baptized her at the age of 20 on Easter Sunday, and right. that was in 1676. Now, baptizing Cattery was very significant because according to Jesuit... Um, like Jesuit policy or guidelines, however you want to call it. Right. Baptism was usually withheld for new converts until they were on their deathbed or until the missionaries could be certain that the convert would really? be committed. Uh-huh. So um, having been baptized, she really received a lot of hostility from her tribe. Uh-huh. Um, she remained in, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Kaunawaga, Kaunawaga, yeah. Kaunawaga for about six months. Some Mohawks really opposed her conversion and accused her of sorcery and sexual promiscuity. Yeah. Um, Father Lamberville suggested that she go to the Jesuit mission of Kanawake, yeah. which is just south of Montreal along the banks of the St. Lawrence River. And that was where other native converts had gathered. Yeah. Uh, Catherine. Yeah. They call it the Christian village, actually. Yeah. They, yeah. Um, Catherine ended up joining them in the year 1677. She suffered greatly for her faith. We know that, that her story is centered around that. Um, she went to the new Christian colony of Indians in Canada. There she lived a life that was dedicated to prayer, 
um, penance. She um, took care of the sick and those who were elderly. Every morning in winter, she stood before the chapel door until it opened at four and remained there until after the last mass. Mm -hmm. She was very devoted to the Eucharist and to um, and to Jesus. She died on April the 17th in the year 1680 at the age of 24. Yep. She is known to us as the Lily of the Mohawks, which I think is just an absolutely beautiful name. Um, Devotion Academy is responsible for um, establishing Native American ministries in Catholic churches all throughout North America, the United States, yeah. here in Canada. Uh, Cattery was declared venerable by the Catholic Church in 1943. That was done by Pope Pius XII. She was beatified in 1980 by Blessed John Paul II. Thousands, literally hundreds of thousands of people have visited shrines to Cattery. Many people have gone to St. Francis Xavier in Kahnawaga, and they've gone to her birthplace in Orisville. Yeah. And pilgrimages at these sites continue today. She is the first Native American to be declared a saint. Her feast day is this coming week. Native American woman. Native American woman, I should say. Yes, yes. get it. Her feast day is April the 17th, which is this coming week. Mm -hmm. She is the patroness of the environment and ecology, mm -hmm. as is St. Francis of Assisi. And uh, there you have it. That Good. is there you go. I feel, like, I feel like I was like, it was, this was like an examination that, that you had done research and I had to like, oh, yeah, that's very good. Good research, Andrew. Mm -hmm. You know her life know better her than life. anybody. Yeah, very good. And uh, make sure if you want to get a copy of In Her Footsteps, which is the official Cattery an, documentary. An absolutely brilliantly made documentary, In Her Footsteps. It's nice. Um, it's very good. Like you, can, it. you can find that more about that at saltandlighttv.org uh, on our s online store. Thank you, Andrew. St. Cattery, feast day, April 17th. Andrew Santos, our saint expert. Hi, I'm Chris Dimitrenko, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. My name is Deacon Pedro. You can comment on anything you hear on this program through Facebook or by emailing us, radio at saltandlighttv.org. On Facebook, look for Salt Plus Light Radio, and you can also write to me on Facebook. Just look for Deacon Pedro. And now, stay with us, Lord, an Easter reflection with Father Thomas Rosica. Pounding hearts, wounded hearts, burning hearts, what better ways to describe what lies at the heart of this marvelous story of the disciples on the road to Emmaus on Easter night? Cleopas and this unnamed companion were trying to get away from the sadness that had torn them apart in Jerusalem. Intimately intertwined with their skepticism and sadness is their hope and their deep desire that God would become alive once again in their world. Their hopes had been decimated and shattered in the city of Jerusalem over the previous three days. Without being aware of what they were fully saying to the stranger who was journeying with them, they began to tell the story. They professed the creed without even knowing it. They spoke about Jesus, a prophet, mighty in word and deed before God and before everyone and how he was handed over by the chief priests and elders to be crucified. They even went as far as saying he was laid in a tomb and some women from our group have gone to see this, but they did not find the Lord. What a remarkable story they were telling, but they were unable to make the link between what they knew about Jesus here in their head and the reality of Jesus here in their heart. He was walking in their midst into their world of sadness and suffering, of doubt. They were so overcome with their own grief we are told by the evangelists they were unable to recognize him. Their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. 
It's the divine passive that was at work here. It was important for them to be taken through the ruins and the sadness and destruction so they could appreciate how solid was the foundation. After they finished talking about what had happened in their own experience, Jesus began to speak to them, Oh, you slow of heart to believe all that has taken place. Did you not know how necessary it was for the Messiah to suffer and die so as to enter into his glory? And Luke tells us remarkably that beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he told them everything that pertained to him. And then, when they arrived at the village to which they were going, Jesus pretended to be going on further. But they pleaded with him, Stay with us, for it is evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. And then in rapid fire sequence, we are told that he sat at the table. He took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. And suddenly, their eyes were opened, the divine passive once again. And they recognized him. They knew who it was and he disappeared, he vanished from their sight. And rather than cry out in angst and difficulty and sadness and despair, where are you, why did you leave us? They turned to one another and they spoke those powerful words, were not our hearts gradually catching fire within us as he spoke to us on the road and in the breaking of the bread. And suddenly they got up and fled one could just imagine that scene, the door wide open, the tablecloth pulled, the candlestick knocked over, and they fled back to Jerusalem. And we would think that they would be the ones to announce to Peter and the others that the Lord is risen. But no, the center of the apostolic circle in Jerusalem was around Peter. And Peter announces to them, first and foremost, that the Lord is risen. And only then are their tongues freed to speak what they experienced of how they met Jesus on the road and they recognized him in the breaking of the bread. And so what does this story mean for us? What is the purpose of that lengthy catechetical lesson on the road and that very brief sacramental moment at the table? The stranger on the road to Emmaus, none other than Jesus the Lord, takes the skepticism and curiosity of the disciples and weaves it into the fabric of the scriptures. Jesus challenges them to reinterpret the events of the past days of their lives. The great days of the suffering, death and resurrection of Jesus and to look at them through the lenses of the scriptures, the lenses of salvation history. That what took place in Jerusalem was a necessity so that life could burst forth from the tomb. The story of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus places some very important questions before each of us and before the church community. Are our own hearts gradually on fire within us when the scriptures are read and proclaimed in our midst? How do we recognize him in the breaking of the bread? How do we share that great story with others? How do we become bearers of the story? Is it not often the case that we are so wrapped up in our own sadness that we forget to recognize Jesus the Lord? Let me conclude with this prayer, so fitting, that sums up the story of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Stay with us, Lord, for it is evening and the day is far spent. Just as the two disciples prayed on that evening in Emmaus, help me to be focused and centered on you, my Lord, my hope, and my life. When doubt and despair fill my life, stay with me, Lord. When sadness and emptiness tempt me to believe that you are absent, fill me with your consoling presence. When selfishness prevents me from reaching out to others, 
teach me the art of selflessness. Stay with me, Lord, and help me to remember that the royal road of the cross is the only way for me and for the church. Stay with me, Lord, along the journey, and help me to discover you each day in the breaking and sharing of the word and the bread. Stay with us, Lord, as we journey to the new Jerusalem, where you are light and peace and endless home. Amen. Father Thomas Rosica is a Basilian priest and the Chief Executive Officer for Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. Coming up, an update from Ottawa with Sheridan, so stay tuned. Hello, this is Danielle Rose, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. Our website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio, and our blog is saltandlighttv.org slash blog. You can find us on Facebook at Salt Plus Light Radio. Tell us if you like what you hear. And uh, here now is Sheridan. Hey, Pedro. Have you liked Salt and Light Radio on Facebook? I have indeed, Okay, good, yes. thank you. Because that Are would be shameful. <laughs> no, I'd be so upset if I didn't. Uh, so today I decided to check in with the capital of Canada. Yes, Ottawa. Yes, with the Archdiocese of Ottawa. So I called up Sarah Dubroy, the communications officer, to find out what's new and exciting. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you for having me on your show. Great. Sarah, tell me about your role at the Archdiocese of Ottawa. I'm the communications officer, so I do internal and external communications. Internal mainly just taking minutes at meetings and sending it to the staff at the diocesan center and external would be um, our website, our press releases that I send out to the media, um, media advisories, statements from Archbishop Prendergast. Um, I organize press conferences with Archbishop Prendergast. I update our website, catholicottawa.ca, and I tweet on important events. I also prepare and send out our biannual newsletter, Catholic Ottawa. Okay, great. So what is new and exciting in Ottawa? Um, well, we just had um, a busy Holy Week, and uh, we had our Jubilarian dinner, so um, all the priests um, that are diocesan celebrating their 25th, their 40th, their 50th, 55th, 60th, or 65th anniversary um, as a priest, uh, we, we have a dinner for them and a slideshow, and uh, the, the Archbishop um, makes a presentation, so that was um, right before the Christmas on Holy Tuesday. Okay, wonderful. And in terms of upcoming events, what do you have available? Um, on the 20th of April, we have a diocesan youth event called um, So You Think You Have It Tough. It's from Job 121, which is Naked I Came from the Mother's Womb and Naked I Will Depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And it's going to be held at Dominican College from 7 to 10 p.m. And then on the 27th, we have a men's conference with Father Larry Richards held at our Portuguese parish, but the conference will be in English. And uh, there's a link to more information on the conference on our homepage. Okay, so and, and what is that uh, website? It's catholicottawa.ca. Okay, fantastic. And most of our information's on our homepage, so I encourage <laughs> your listeners to just um, go on our, our website and just browse around, and the information should be there. All good stuff. Thanks so much for speaking with us. Okay, thank you. I was speaking with Sarah Dubois, the Communications Officer at the Archdiocese of Ottawa. Excellent. So there you go. Lots happening in Ottawa if you're in the Ottawa region. Thank you, Sheridan. Coming up, TEDx Conference comes to the Vatican and a featured chat with our featured artist of the week, Ben Walter. So don't go anywhere.
Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour, Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Now, many of you will have heard of TED Talks. TED is a non-profit organization devoted to ideas worth spreading. It, it's all based on having various speakers share their ideas in 18 minutes. Now, these are then made available for free at their website, TED.com. But in the last 26 years of TED, the movement has grown to a worldwide movement. And now, in the spirit of ideas worth spreading, that mission, TED has created a program called TEDx. And that, that is self-organized events that bring people together to share the TED experience. And these take place all over the world, all the time, on every topic imaginable. But on April 19th, there will be a TEDx on the topic of religious freedom in the Vatican. So it's going to take place in the Vatican. And it's co-sponsored by the Pontifical Council for Culture. And so to tell us all about it, we are now joined by Giovanna Abbiati. She is the curator for the event. Giovanna, welcome to the program. Hello. So before I ask you about TEDx, you work for the Pontifical Athenaeum Regina Apostolorum. Can you tell us what that is and what you do? Well, a pontifical Athenaeum in, in, in Rome uh, is where you have uh, faculties and teaching for future priests. So we have uh, theology, philosophy, and bioethics, and we prepare the future of the Catholic Church. Of course, we have religious people, but also lay people who are interested in uh, very important issues, for example, like, uh, you know, bi bioethics. Uh, but mostly, uh, our students are um, seminarists, future Se seminarians. So okay. we have uh, something like eighty-nine uh, countries represented here okay. from all over the world. They are here for several years to prepare themselves and to become priests. Um, actually, myself, uh -huh. um, I'm not a priest. Uh, <laughs> <or none. laughs> I'm a, a lay woman, yes. and I'm in charge of the Institute of Higher Studies on Women. It sounds pretty difficult or pretty important, okay. but it's just that we deal very much with communication. We think, as a woman, to be, um, you know, in, in the right path uh, to study how to to be. Uh, it on the web and to know better the new media so that's uh, it's my job okay but so it's women's studies or is specifically courses for women it's it's not only women's studies uh, we provide um, master we call master uh -huh. so it's a one year program yes. about studying uh, communication and new media and I we see. do it with a, uh, it uh, it has been called here the holy alliance with google uh -huh, yes. it sounds pretty strange but we ask directly to these giants like google and microsoft yes. and also this year facebook to come here and teach us Interesting. how to be and to spread good messages values human rights on the web and uh, to be able to talk to the global vill village and the, the cyber world so they come here and they teach us lay people nuns priests how to be good on the web Interesting. And this is what the institute is doing. I see. So it's very similar to what we're doing here at Salt and Light, spreading the good news through oh, social yeah. media. It's very interesting to me. It is. It is. So, so the Athenaeum is a school, basically, and you're one of the professors. I'm not one of the professors. I'm oh. a visionary. Oh. <laughs> and now, and now, okay. I can, I, I can. You can understand why I brought Ted 
uh, first in the Ateneum and then to the Vatican. I see, uh, okay. Because uh, when we discovered this platform and, and the motto ideas were spreading, we said, oh, come on, just, they're just great. They okay. Absolutely the best. I see. So, so you were one... And, uh, and, and the idea was, uh, um, okay, but uh, we have so many stories to tell as mm-hmm. Catholics, but not only Catholics, let's say r- religious people Yes, uh, from all the religions. Yes. We have incredible stories. We have stories of uh, people dealing with very in, in difficulties in mm-hmm. many countries. Mm-hmm. So why don't we bring these stories uh, and tell these stories uh, in a platform that is so spread in the world and, and so many people um, uh, follow Ted. Uh, I heard that uh, you know they reach uh, uh, almost two billion viewers a year. Yes. Almost one and a half million people watch Ted every day. Yeah. So you know this was something that make us wonder why <laughs> why don't we reach this word? Why don't we learn from them? Absolutely. How to spread m- messages. Absolutely. And that was the idea. So we became very aware of this phenomenon. Uh-huh. And as you know, the, 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 the Pope Benedict XVI yes. uh, tweeted for the yes. first time and yes. um, produced and wrote so many documents that we, we are still studying uh-huh. about uh, mm, our involvement in, in the social media. So we, we think we want to to go deep in this path. I see. And we think the contribution of women can be important. And so that's why we start this adventure. I see. Okay, so then the event is one day. Can you tell us a little bit of it exactly uh, of how it's going to work? It's one day. You have several speakers, th- and they all speak yes. for 18 minutes? Uh, as a licensee, uh-huh. uh, we asked for this license, and uh, we were very surprised uh, that they were very open to give us this price because usually at that, religious, uh, religion is not... Uh, let's say the main team. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. That is technology, entertain, design, inventions. Yeah. Uh, but re- religion is something. But we are talking about religious freedom. Absolutely. Which is different. Yes. Uh, I mean, we want to talk about, uh, let's say, the most fundamental human right. Mm-hmm. So this is the ground we are rooted. In. Uh, we present religious freedom as a human right to protect. Right. And uh, we have uh, representatives uh, among our speakers from. Uh, Reli- other religions so we have uh, unfortunately for one day we can't give the voice to everybody but we have Muslims yes. we have uh, Jewish yes. and of course uh, Christians not yes. only Catholics but also from yes. uh, the Orthodox like Serbia the, uh, we have a, spe- a speaker from Serbia uh-huh. and as in the third spirit we mixed these uh, um, speakers I mean usually when you uh, talk about religious freedom you're used to listen to scholars or religious leaders. Yes. We don't have that much religious leaders that we listen, you know, in other platforms. Yes. Uh, but we have people from all walks, uh, walks of life. Mm-hmm. So we have the world of sport, the world of art, the yeah. world of, uh, uh, of course, religious M- music, uh, yeah. persons, like a nun from, uh, from Israel, but also, you know, a graffiti artist. Uh, we have a Sheita from the Muslim world that belongs to the Sufi tradition and is doing an incredible uh, jo- uh, work to collect all the Islamic art to build the identity of mu- Muslim people yeah. uh, in history, in all his history. So we have all this experience. We really scoured the, the, the earth to find uh-huh. them, and we, and we did it through the web. Yes. We, we were able to reach them through the web. And, uh, of course, it was something 
weird, never heard that uh-huh. that's in, a, in the Vatican State on this important theme. And so we had incredible answers from, yes. from all over, from yeah. China, Mexico, Nigeria. Our first pickle would be a, in a Nigerian priest. Really? Joss, yeah, which is in excellent. Which the heart of the conflict uh, right now. Uh-huh. So um, I think we want to give voices to, but a lot of voices, to be able to talk to young people, maybe mm-hmm. the graffiti artists, to sports yes. people, maybe, uh, you know, Blade Divac, a basketball NBA champion. Yes. Um, uh, for example, for those who love art or architecture, we have Daniel Liebeskind, who's the architect who's rebuilding the Freedom Tower right. in, in uh, Ground yeah. Zero. Yeah. But he's a Jewish. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, nobody asked him ever about religious freedom, only about architecture. Absolutely, so, yeah, you yeah, know, this yeah. Is a pretty, and some of them, do, they, they don't talk, they just perform. Oh, I the see. Performance, for example, Gloria Stefan, uh-huh. she was born in, in Cuba. In Cuba, so yeah. She has a story. So she's she was very inspired ah. uh, by the story of, of her life. Uh-huh. And she's okay. affected uh, um, her songs. Yeah. So this uh, is what we want to hear. Yeah, so no. Let's say... If you may, if I may, yes. say so, that we want to go a little bit deeper <laughs> than the technology, entertainment, and design. We want to discover, you know, what's inside. Absolutely, <laughs> what's absolutely. What's the reason of your action? Yeah, no, uh, it's it's. It sounds like it's it's going to be a fascinating event. So it, it's it's free for anyone who wants to attend. Well, actually, there is a, uh, a, a fee uh, uh-huh. you can apply online. Okay. But we, we make a discount for students. Uh, okay. And, of course, if you come as a group, uh, we have a very spe- special treatment. This is for because we provide lunch and coffee breaks. Okay. So everybody can connect. Right. I mean, it's very important to pass this idea that audience and speakers are at the same level, and they must. Oh, I see. I see. So the speakers so are also like a very informal. I see. Day. I see. Uh, the cardinal has to talk with the pop singer, and 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 the Pakistani guy who's coming with the Christian coming from Pakistan as an attending has can can talk with you know the rabbi. Yeah. Israel what a great idea. From Gaza or yes. the graffiti artist. It yes. I mean, it's all about connection. This Excellent. Is our motto a little bit. Yeah. No, I l- I love the idea. I wish I, I could go. So if people are in Rome or they want to go to Rome on April nine. It's all day, okay, and people can find out more online, and we'll leave that website. Now, is is it going to be streamed online so people who are not there can also watch it online at TED.com? Yes, I think uh, uh, streaming is available, and yeah. also um, uh, uh, video on demand in Absolutely. our uh, website, and uh, we hope that it's channel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, well. this is great. This is great, so, so I can watch. Um, thank you, Giovanna. That's all the time we have, but that's great. Lots of information. I'm very excited about, about this event, and I hope that our listeners will be excited as well. And they can, and if they're in Rome, go in person, I and if you're not, um, um, they can watch it online. So thank you very much for being with us today. Ciao. Ciao. That was Giovanna Abbiati. She's the curator of the TEDx conference, Via de la Conciliazione, which will take place in the Vatican at the Auditorium Conciliazione on April 19th. You can find out more at TEDxViaDelaConciliazione.com. We're going to put that link on our website so you can easily find it. And here now is our featured artist of the week, Ben Walter, with Make Your Home in Me.
fox a den Every bird a nest But the Son of Man Has no place to rest Every heart a man Every king a throne But the Word made flesh No earthly home Your burden's light and your yoke is easy Your name is love and your grace is free My heart was locked but you had the key Make your home in me Make your You come to me in your homelessness, burning in your eyes, such a great distress. Who will heal your wounds? Who will make your bed? I will comfort you, I will share my bread for your burdens light. Your yoke is easy, your name is love, and your grace is free. My heart was locked, but you had the key, make your home in me, make your is free my heart was locked but you had the key make your home in me make your was Ben Walther with the title track of his new album, Make Your Home In Me. Now, thanks to Steubenville and Life Teen and SpiritAndSong.com, we get yet another wonderful, talented Catholic singer, songwriter, and worship leader. If you're in the Houston area, you probably have heard of Ben Walther. Ben has a new album. This is his Spirit and Song debut, Make Your Home In Me and it includes seven contemporary Christ-centered songs that can be used for worship and that are, o that are also rooted in the Catholic faith. So what more can we ask for? I mean, that's what everybody's looking for. Yeah. So I'm very happy to welcome Ben Walter to our program today. Ben, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you so much, Deacon Pedro. So you've been doing this 
you've been doing this for like 15 years. So how did you end up, how did you fall into ministry? How did you end up, was this a, a yeah. you know, like, are you like a, the Life Teen grad? Is that the alum? <laughs> uh, you know what? Um, Life Teen wasn't really as big as it is today when I was in high school, uh, uh, but I did have a great youth minister. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of my teachers in high school were young Franciscan University grads. Oh, yeah. So through them, I heard about this great university, and uh, God steered me there, and I really got involved in music ministry when I was a college student on campus. Okay. Uh, it's kind of where, you know, we, we grew so much in the faith and learned about music and learned about worship. And um, so, yeah, after, after I graduated, I've been, in, I've been in youth ministry for, for that long, since I, since I got out of college. Okay. And, did, uh, you, did you go to Franciscan? Whole, Sorry, did you go to Franciscan? I did. University? Okay, yeah, so. sure, they went to Franciscan yeah, okay. uh, University yeah. and um, loved it. Obviously, I'm, I'm one of these uh, faithfully devoted yeah. to my alma mater. Yeah, yeah, good, good. And, then, and uh, so then immediately after that, you went right into being a youth minister and doing, being, doing worship and, and, and that? Yeah, or? I did. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was working uh, full-time as a, as a youth and music minister in St. Louis Okay. Uh, for, for two years, and then we moved to Houston. We've been there ever since. Okay. Now, w- were you always Catholic or always involved in the faith, or is this something that came in your adolescence later, or did you grow up in a Catholic home? I sure did. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in a, in a great Catholic home, and so I knew that I knew that God was real. You know, but it it really became uh, my life's you know journey to to enter into a, a deeper relationship with God in, in high school, my junior year of high school, really. Yeah. Uh, he just got my attention and, and started to change my direction. And were you always a musician? Did you have to like your parents made you take music lessons, or, or was that <laughs> <laughs> you know, I took uh, I took piano. Yeah. When I was a little guy, yeah, for like three years, and then I one day I came home and I said, "Mom, I want to quit. I want to. Yeah. I want to do something tougher." Yeah. So I got into taekwondo. Oh, jeez. Uh-huh. But uh, but yeah, music was always a big part of um, our our house and our family, and and I really got into it in high school. Yeah. Started playing guitar and yeah, uh, yeah. writing songs about the faith in high school. Okay, so you were already writing songs in high school. Did you yeah. now that you've been doing it? And, and I guess you've had time to sort of define your ministry. How would you define your, do you have uh, maybe not a mission statement, but if, if you had one, what would be your mission as a minister? You know, for me, a big part of my story, um, we experienced brokenness in my family uh, when I was about 15. Mm. And uh, so for me, my mission statement is, is really to help share with people the good news of the gospel that all things can be made new. You know, that God really can restore and heal. He really has the power to do what he says he can do. And so I try to I try to put that into the music as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I have a chance to go and lead worship and to speak, I do a lot of retreats and some speaking as well. And whenever I get the chance to speak about it, um, you know, it's cool to share that message and then to share some songs that I've written, right. you know, uh, about that. Yeah. So that that's what I'd say would be my mission statement. That's a great, great, great message for this time of the year, especially with Easter. Um, mm-hmm. It's so true. I love that God makes all things new. Um, now, this is your first album with Spirit and Song, but it's not your first album. Um, tell us a tell us a bit about your. So, sorry, you have two albums, right? That are that sure. you produced mm-hmm. independently. Um, has how? What is different about the new album? Is it just that it's with spirit and song, or is there a different 
focus or a different uh yeah there, there yeah? is a different focus uh i i in 2004 i released my first album called where i want to be mm-hmm. and um and at that time for for a number of years i really wanted to be you know a christian artist okay and i wasn't so concerned with writing songs uh, for the church as i was just just making christian art okay and so for the last two albums, that was kind of my focus. Although, during that whole time, whenever, for the most part, when I get asked to do something, it's, it's to lead worship, you know, somewhere. Uh-huh. And uh, so that was always so much in my heart. And after so many years of playing other people's songs, so many great songs, and leading people in worship that way, I just started to pray to God that He would give me some songs to share in worship, in the Mass, uh, you know, that, that, that I could that I could uh, share from my own heart. And so that's Really, what's different about this this new album with Spirit and Song is these these songs are all very worship centered, um, you know, liturgical even, and very accessible uh, melodically and theologically, very you know, very sound and very Catholic. And so, you could use them in mass. You could use them okay. in, a, in a night of worship. That's kind of what makes this one different, though, from and, the other two. And that that was my sense too. And I know that it's been described as you know songs that can be used in worship. But I think that it's important to note that they can be used in liturgy, and 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 I th- because a lot of groups, especially life, like you know, life life teen groups that are, are are having to do or finding themselves to do your traditional praise and worship, because they can't find Catholic music that is of that sort of genre. But I think sure. your stuff fits into that into that mold. Would you say? Yeah, I sure I sure hope so. That was you yeah. know, that was the real the the, the real hope. And uh, you know, when you're writing songs, um, people will tell you that you need you need to always keep in mind you know your market and and who you're mm-hmm. writing for. And mm-hmm. so, really, with these seven songs, I was intentionally writing for people in the pews. Oh, I was writing good. for moms and dads and grandparents and kids, and I wanted to come up with songs that um, that people could use in in a liturgy or in a worship setting that that excited them and that drew them into prayer. Okay, let me ask you this, because I hadn't thought of this until you told me the name of your first album. So your first album was Where I Want to Be, and this last yeah. album is called Make Your Home in Me. Is there a progression there of where you were in 2004 or whenever that first album was, and now mm-hmm. where you want to be is to have Christ make his home in you? Absolutely. Yeah, there, there's, there's been a, a, an incredible progression. And the second album name was called Everything Can Change. Oh, wow. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, got that second album out and immediately took a job doing full-time campus ministry at a local high school. And I remember thinking, am I just, wow. am I just you know, hanging up the hat? Am I, am I done? Am I over? Um, so it's really cool to have, you know, to have these new songs now, and just to look back and to see where God has brought me. Because yeah. it never left me, you know, the, the yeah, songs, the music, and, and the desire to write and to pray this way. I don't think it ever leaves you. Yeah. Um, yeah, wow, that's, that's very cool. Now, just quickly, um, you're going to be going to Ghana with Catholic yes. Relief Services. Tell, quickly tell us about that experience. This was an opportunity that came up uh, in, in the fall, and uh, Robert Fiducia oh, yeah. uh, from, from Spirit and Song and invited a few of us, you know, just kind of pitched this invitation out to see if any of us would like to go. So Catholic Relief Services, um, obviously people are familiar with them and what they do. Yeah, They're interested in inviting some of us to come and, and see what they do in Ghana and to learn about their mission there and to meet 
the people there mm-hmm. um, and and to be influenced by that that it would reflect in our songwriting you know and, and the way that we I um, see. So specifically, is it specifically for songwriters? Will you be doing some music there, or is it is it for ver- people of different backgrounds to participate? It, it is specifically for songwriters oh, and wow. worship leaders. So there's about eight of us going, wow. and um, nearly all of us, all of us are related to spirit and song. What a great um, idea! You know, a, a lot of maybe six of us are, are songwriters, and then Robert, yeah, um, and Eric Eric Schumacher is going to be yeah. coming. So oh, good. Yeah. Well, what a great idea. Yeah, um, okay, and then just again, because we're running out of time, so and th- this tour, the Steubenville of the Rockies tour, is that like a Steubenville conference type experience, but it's a tour? How does that work? Yeah, usually um, whenever we get asked to do a Steubenville conference, I like to try to, to book my trip a few days before and a few days after because okay. I love the opportunity to meet with parishes uh, you know, either right before or right after the conference. And okay. so the last few summers I've done that. Okay, so you're so the conference is you're you're part you're part of the Steubenville Rockies conference, and then it's yeah. your own tour that you're doing before and after. Yes, that's I right. I see, mm-hmm. and then that follows also because you're going to be uh, you have quite the concerts coming up, and you're going to be in Austin for a while, and and then they got a, co- a couple concerts in Houston, and then you're in Denver, yeah. and there's the Ghana trip in there somewhere, and then you go to the Steubenville Rockies. So you're you're going to be busy, and all that information's on your website. So I'm going to leave uh, people with your website so they can easily Great. find you. If you're um, interested in Ben's music and, and his ministry, um, it's benwaltermusic.com. And uh, all those tour dates are there on his website, and, and maybe he's coming to a city near you. Uh, ben, it's been great chatting with you. That's all the time we have, sorry. Um, but it's always, uh, I love chatting with artists and, and listening to the music. You guys are doing great work. Um, Thank and, you so and much, Deacon Pedro. And, and uh, yeah, just just uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for the encouragement, and thanks again for, for having me. Not a problem. And then a reminder that the new album, Make Your Home in Me, the release date will be next month in May, so keep your eyes open for that. Our featured artist of the week, Ben Walther. You can learn more about him. Again, his website, benwaltermusic.com. We're going to put a link uh, to that website on our site so you can find it easily. The new album, Make Your Home in Me, Again, will be out in May, and it's published by SpiritAndSong.com. Here now is Ben with another song from that album, Take Me. debut album, Make Your Home in Me, published by spiritandsong.com. And that will take us to the end of the program. 
Remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs on our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And that's also where you can now listen to uninterrupted music all day long. Thanks to the support of wonderful artists like Ben Walter and spiritandsong.com. Check it out, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Christian music like never before. And remember to look for us on Facebook. Look for Salt Plus Light Radio if you like what we do and tell us what you think of Salt and Light Radio. And you can also look for me, Deacon Pedro, on Facebook and on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. Thank you for your generosity, for your prayers. Thank you for listening. May you continue to have a blessed Easter season. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. And Enough, I cannot replace